in general, a part of what I really want to do is I want to help people move past the new age stereotype or like the woo stereotype. I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, you're doing this seasonally. You're drinking your matcha. You're you're drinking your chai. Like, (laughs) oh, it's a trend. And it's just like, no, actually. Many communities around the world lived in alignment and did spiritual practices, Mm. did holistic health practices. And so here are some tips, but also here's where it's from. So you can dive deeper and also remember like, I didn't make this. And there's so much more depth to be there. Now let the magic begin. Hello, hello, and Jaima, Jaimayomis. It's Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious cosmic soul to help you unleash your own magic. And this was a special episode with Alina Brown, also known as Alina Alive on YouTube. She popped up in my recommendations, and I loved her vibe, her content. So I had to have her on the show, and I'm so thankful she came on. And especially since we tapped into many different subject matters that I am very interested in, and I'm assuming many of you are too, and we mostly covered a variety of themes and topics surrounding holistic nutrition and astrology. But of course, there was so much more as we started out talking about how she got into spirituality and transitioning from Christianity, which I know many listeners have done transition from Christianity or any religion to just a non-dogmatic, non-religious form of connecting with God or source or the universe, whatever resonates with you or just spirituality in general. And also, of course, I, I love talking about seasons and living in alignment with the seasons and that is her thing. So of course we talked about what to eat and why we may crave what we crave during certain seasons and habits and lifestyle to live in alignment with the seasons. And we talk about her rituals with the full and new moon And during this time, it was Mercury retrograde, along with Venus retrograde. But we talk more about Mercury because we happen to be communicating. And I also batched a lot of interviews during that time. And what's a beautiful thing is that no matter what you're doing, even during Mercury retrograde, Alina talks about the power of intention and staying intentional during that time, especially when Mercury is in retrograde. But to be honest, no matter what Mercury is doing in the sky, it's quite powerful to be intentional about whatever you're doing. But I love talking about the retrogrades and I love talking about the cosmos. And that's something that Alina also loves to talk about on her YouTube channel and probably wherever else you can find her. Ooh, another place you can find Alina and her work, which you'll likely want to check out, especially after this episode, is her shop, AuraLineShop.com, which of course is in the show notes, but she's got planners and notebooks and tote bags and meditations and so much more. It's amazing as it's a focus on aligning with the seasons, astrology, and psychology instead of the normal standard quarterly deadline type of planners that we see today. She, again, loves to help others live in alignment with the seasons and the cosmos, which I'll leave a link for that in the show notes when we talk about that and how journaling during the seasons inspired her. And I mean, she's manifested such a beautiful life for herself. In fact, I remember when I brought that up, there's this really spooky part for me while I was editing. I don't know if it's just me and I'm just tripping out or something, but there was this weird spooky music that happened on my end. I tried to see if it was on her track, but it was not on her track. It was on my track. And I guarantee there was no music around my orbit during that time, but there's this weird, almost alien-like spooky music. And I, you know, I'm not trying to hint at anything, but it was just, it was just weird. It was just weird. Pretty cool though. I'm not going to lie. That was really cool. See if you can hear it when I talk about, it's later in the episode about um, her manifesting a beautiful life for herself. And then she dives into the power of community and talks about her wellness conference, her annual wellness conference and how she pays homage to the arts and teachings and ancestral teachers. So important to just remember and pay respect to our origins 
origins or who taught what we're interested in in the first place. And I love how real it sounds and how they're shaking things up at the Wellness Con. And so I can't wait for you to hear more about that. Shoot, if it's this year, I might even go. We'll see. Anyway, if you want to hear more from Alina after this episode, go check out her YouTube channel at Alina Alive or go say hi to her on Instagram at Hey Alina Alive, which of course is in the show notes along with the link to connect with the Euro Magic Soul family via Facebook, our private Facebook group, and the Your Own Magic membership site at euromagic.life with my meditations and journalings and other spiritual tools. That is yourownmagic.life, or you could go to euromagicpodcast.com. Again, all of that is in the show notes. And with all of that being said, let's get on with the show, shall we? And now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Alina Brown. All right, Alina, I'm so thankful that you're on the show. You popped up on my YouTube and I started binging a lot of your YouTube videos and I was like, there is something about this woman that is so captivating and your energy just feels so angelic and I'm just so thankful that you are taking the time to come on the show and connect. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I I feel um, incredibly grateful to be here because I love the podcast and I love your energy as well. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. What is lighting you up most in this season of your life? Oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> to be completely transparent. Well, I, I would say kind of my idea of community and just leaning into more group connections, obviously current events, it's hard to do right now, but that's really been something that I feel like that's been a missing piece for me that I didn't necessarily realize even before everything went down, you know, with, with well, with our health and the state of the world and all that stuff. So yeah, I think that right now. I agree. It's nice to finally connect again with others. I've been really needing that piece as well. And also I've been spending a lot of time on the phone with people, which is also great quality time, but I agree. Like that connection is everything. I'd love to hear your story and what guided you into spirituality and creation and also creating everything that you do and share with the world today. Yeah. So um, when it comes to just spirituality, Um, you know, I feel like my first sort of connection was that with that was as a child. Um, I grew up in a very spiritual family. It was a Christian household. And I feel like for a lot of years coming out of that, like kind of deconstructing from, from that, I I don't consider myself that anymore. Um, I, I kind of compartmentalized that for a long time, but in recent years, I've realized that that really was my introduction to connecting with source energy with connecting with spiritually minded people, with community in a lot of ways, though I don't agree with a lot of that as much anymore. But that was really my connection initially. And then um, funny enough, I'm, I, it, I feel like a lot of my spirituality came from me learning about nutrition when I was in college. Um, because right out of high school, I remember, I'll never forget, I went to um, this plant nursery and I was just kind of taken aback by being surrounded by all of these baby plants. This is like a really weird description, but I it, there's a point to it. I get it. I get it. I'm with you 100%. And, yeah. Like I, I grew up in LA. I grew up in the city. And so being around nature in that way and in such a chill environment, it just did something for me. It, it, it was one of the first times that I felt like I was in I I just almost like I felt the vibrations there. It was just something different. And kind of following that sort of rabbit hole, following that bliss kind of, I was, um, I started looking more into, you know, food as medicine. I started, there was actually a local herbalist who would give talks at the plant nursery. It was so cool. And I I was like eight, 19, 20. And I would just go passively and just like listen to his talks because I was like, this is really dope. And um, it was through there that I was like, okay, I really love the idea of herbalism. I love the concept that there not only are nutritional values to these foods, but the holistic health perspective of that, like there's an energetic aspect to that. But I was thinking realistically, okay, like what's my structured, you know, approach to career because I grew up in an immigrant family. And just regardless, you know, a lot of times your parents want you to have that structure. 
Um, yeah. Let me stop there. What do you think? I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I'm like fascinated. I'm like, okay, well, where did okay. her family immigrate from? And also, where is the uh, herbalist that's near LA? There's so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was actually in Torrance, uh, Torrance, California. Okay. And, um, and so basically, so I was like, okay, I need to go uh, find a structured approach. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be a nutritionist. And it was through being a nutritionist and having that that structured education, like juxtaposition, I guess, or like mm-hmm. at the same time of like seeing the holistic perspective of nutrition from this herbalist perspective, I was like, oh, like what? I don't know. There was just something in me that I was like, there should be more to this structured approach. And I was learning more about in the US, you know, we have a very biomedical approach to health. We also have some of the top you know, causes of of fatalities in the U.S. are from preventable health conditions, from preventable quote unquote diseases yeah. um, that are connected a lot of times to diet. And so, it was through there, it was through that exploration. And I'm getting to a point. I am in it. I didn't even know <laughs> oh any my of this stuff. Like this is totally redirecting a lot of this talk today because I, hmm. I as well got into spirituality through nutrition. But really? it seems like you even went, yeah, and you took the next level. I mean, that was one of the ways. There were a lot of ways, but that was a huge piece for me as well. But it seems like it was the main piece for you. Hmm. And it's just interesting to hear your perspective and what you went through. So keep going, keep going. Okay. No need to stop. <laughs> Okay, well, um, so basically, I, um, it, it was through learning about that stuff. I was like, okay, well, what's, what's the rest of the world doing? You know what I mean? And it was through that, that I started to learn more about traditional healing modalities, like traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda. And I learned a huge proponent of both of these practices and many others that are centuries long was the concept of living in alignment with nature living in alignment with the rhythms of the cosmos, with the rhythms of the seasons. And that was such a big aha moment for me because I was looking at that relative to my current college schedule. That was a lot relative to now as an adult, you know, this capitalistic model of things and the work mode. And so it was just a really big aha moment for me. Also as a woman, you know, our womanly cycles, learning about that traditional approach to things. And so that that kind of set me on a path of nutrition. And it was through that, that was the catalyst of me learning about um, astrology. And it was, I like to describe it kind of like nutrition was like, my safe approach, like my Facebook, how I present to like my family and friends. And then like herbalism was what I really was like secretly into. And then like my deepest, darkest, like, oh my God, I want to dive even deeper was astrology. (laughs) And, (laughs) and it's just, yeah. So that's basically my story of like my sort of approach and connection with that spirituality and my art and creativity kind of came from that. But that was kind of my journey. Oh my gosh. So beautiful to hear all this. I'm curious what your transition was like and how your family reacted to your transition from Christianity to unlabeled, uh, just simply spiritual and feeling connected with God through nature. So basically with my family, I initially didn't really talk to them about it or have that type of discussion because I just didn't feel like they were going to be super receptive. And also my journey of even realizing, even having the courage to say out loud that I didn't necessarily identify as Christian anymore was a little bit hard for me. Um, So it kind of wasn't until... Um, I started my company, my Aura Line um, stationary brand and astrology planner line that my family kind of learned a little bit more about it in depth. Um, but I think at that point, they were a lot more open to it. I've definitely had some like little remarks from extended family, but I don't pay it any <laughs> mind, you know, we got to coexist. Of course. Yeah. I mean, exactly. We have to coexist. And they want to say something because they love you and they feel like that they're doing the right thing. But right. Uh, you are doing the right thing for you. And you're so you're living your purpose in such a beautiful way. And I'm glad that you're sharing what you're sharing with the world. And do you also share with the world your love for herbalism or has it shifted? more so to other topics in spirituality and in nature? Um, So I, my primary sort of like interface with sharing this information and with teaching has 
primarily been YouTube. And then I did take some one-on-ones for a period of time, specifically with holistic nutrition. And I would include herbalism in that if it was necessary, depending on the given person. And as of, I want to say the last like six plus months, I've been primarily focusing on astrology content on my channel, on my YouTube channel. But I'm really excited to kind of get back into talking about holistic health, specifically from the perspective of the seasons and things um, on the channel moving forward. Oh my gosh. Can we dive into that a second? I want to know your takes on, well, holistic nutrition and the seasons. What what do you recommend we consume in the winter and the summer and so on and so forth? Oh, totally. So um, yeah. So for example, with the winter, what's really interesting is that we see, um, not only do we see mammals going into hibernate and all of and all of the things, but we also see with plants, what is in season are root vegetables. We see leafy greens. And we also see plants out in nature, a lot of times they're putting less energy into, you know, the flowering, the producing, um, and they put more energy into their roots. And so nutritionally, it's really great to have more of those grounding, you know, the chilies, the sweet potatoes, the uh, and things like that. And then also we see traditionally, in both traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, the, the promotion of consuming foods that promote robust digestion to promote robust immunity. So that looks like warming spices, like, you know, the cardamom, the ginger, the cinnamon, the pepper, the turmeric. And what's really interesting about many of these spices is that not only are they physiologically warming to the body, but they help us with our circulation, which is really important in the wintertime. And so for anybody who's like, oh, like who, I don't know, for anybody who might take it personally when they're like, oh my gosh, it's so basic to like pumpkin spice. Hello. Like there's a <laughs> yes, reason why it's a trend. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> <In> the, <laughs> you know, it comes from, it really does come from a traditional place. And you see that in chai, what we in Western society and modern day call pumpkin spices, really mostly chai spices. So those are some things I would say. And then um, when it comes to habits and lifestyle in the winter, again, just as we see other mammals living in alignment with nature, being in hibernation, now is the time to really rest and allow ourselves to definitely plan for the rest of the year, but do just that, set intentions and not necessarily go, go, go. That is the purpose of the springtime. That's why we see new life, new, you know, this, you know, the new plants, new babies, we see the fresh uh, fruits coming out. There's this energy to that time. And the last thing I'll say is um, for anybody also who might feel not be feeling it when it comes to like New Year's resolutions and all that stuff, you might just be more aligned with the zodiac year, which starts in the spring in Aries season and with the spring Chills. equinox. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. And we go by the Gregorian calendar. And we, oh, I don't have to go into the full history now, but yeah, it's important to those are some, you know, contextual aspects to living in alignment with seasons that I know, for, at least for me, have made me feel less alone. Like, oh, OK, like I'm not the only one <laughs> who's like not right. super duper revved up because Mother Nature <laughs> yeah. feels it, too, and has experienced it, too, with you. Right. I am also going to quote that. I'll be like, well, Alina Brown says pumpkin spice is yes. preserving this time of year because I, I'm not ashamed <laughs> to be basic in that way. But there is a I mean, during that season, tis the season that you just want it and then right now I am craving warm super also warm I eat a lot of sweet potatoes and potatoes in general Mm. and yeah so it's interesting that you say all that as we're in the winter season right now and I know with every environment it's different too like when I'm in Utah I know I crave different things than when I'm in California for example Mm. and I wonder if you're aware of that as well yeah no I haven't even thought about that but it does make sense depending on the the weather and uh, and things like that and how your body responds to it yeah yeah I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add, of course, some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and, of course, a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. 
And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara. And it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards. So no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake-free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. Now, you also are into astrology, so I'm curious about your big three. Yes, so uh, sun and moon are both Gemini, rising Aquarius. Ooh, double Gemini. I love that. As a double Leo myself. (laughs) I'm all over the place. (laughs) Is Mercury retrograde happening right now? Yes. Yeah, it is. And Venus. Why? (laughs) Seriously, I did not even – oh, my gosh. You know what's wild? I, I have batched all my interviews this week. Why? No. Why did I choose this? Nicolina? Oh man! <laughs> you know, as long as you're being intentional with it, I always try to say it's. You know, it might not necessarily lead yeah. to that, but I get what you mean. It's like okay, honestly, yeah, it's been working out. It's been fine, even though there's sometimes you know a little bit of internet issues. Other than that, it's been fine. But it's just interesting. Um, what do you do during Mercury retrograde, and what do you not do? What do you keep in mind for those that are also not aware so much mm. of the powers, <laughs> the effects? Yeah, so Mercury generally impacts how we communicate, how we travel, our electronics, um, and information exchange. So because of that, when it's in retrograde, when we generally don't bring intentionality into those areas, that's when we might have some type of hijinks or some mishaps. And so um, something I like to tell a lot of people is, you know, there's so many articles and these things online about all the all the negativity, all the, the doom and gloom, like, oh, my God, you got to do these things. And <laughs> all of those things are rooted in truth. But I feel like they lean too much on like the the almost like fear mongering a little bit, because yeah. I at least for me, I personally I personally feel like um basic sorry i'm like tripping over my words i basically feel no. that um when you when we bring intentionality into the areas that any given planet that's in retrograde impacts yeah um we are less likely to have any type of issues the overall lesson really is to bring intentionality into those spaces so for example mm. when they say oh you might have communication issues double check those <laughs> emails check for typos double read you know any contracts um mm-hmm. you know any business things that's really a reminder to bring intentionality into the space when it comes to don't forget to back up your electronics which is another tip um backing up electronics what else um yeah, uh, just being being more empathetic with people as well because there can be higher likelihood of miscommunication. All of uh, that go, yes. goes down to intentionality. So just slowing down a little bit. You know, it's winter anyway. You know, it's <laughs> It is winter anyway. Well, also, I mean, Mercury does happen. Mercury retrograde happens, what, three times a year, right? Yeah, up to four times a year. Up yeah. to four times. So it's something mm-hmm. to keep in mind to always check whenever it's a new year. Check the dates. 
<laughs> check the dates. But yeah. <laughs> I have been hyper intentional. I completely spaced Mercury retrograde because this was the week that was best for me to communicate with a ton of guests. And I'm thinking that maybe this, I mean, I know that this indeed was aligned for a reason and it's been opening my eyes to a lot. But at the same time, I'm thankful that somehow it's gone smooth. And I think you're right. It's because I've been intentional and also I've known that you know, things are always going to come up. So to always be extra prepared, I do that even when it's not Mercury retrograde, but I think it's great to be hyper aware during that time. And also talking with guests, um, sometimes you can leave feeling like off and sometimes mm, you can leave definitely. feeling great. And so to be in tune with that as well, it's interesting to mm, see the difference. That is really interesting. So how about you when it comes to your YouTube channel and recording during Mercury retrograde. If you do. No, I, I do actually. Um, it's funny you asked that. I one of my recent meditations that I released for the full moon, I had a bunch of issues with it uploading. And in retrospect, <gasps> I realized that I was kind of rushing it. I could have definitely like I basically I was meditating for myself and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great idea for a meditation. Let me do it right now, even though it didn't make sense to do it at that time. Yeah. Um, and that kind of brings up uh, one last thing I'll say about Mercury retrograde, and I'm sure that you already know this, but for anybody who doesn't, um, usually any type of mishaps that do happen during any given retrograde are usually things that are very important for us to take note of. They're the type of things that are not necessarily just flukes, um, and they're the type of things that can really hold powerful lessons. So for me, <laughs> my lesson was, are you really going to be rushing for a meditation, Alina? Like, <laughs> is it necessary? You know, I feel like that was my lesson. But yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like become hyper aware of those lessons. I mean, when I when I just told you that there was an interview, I fell off recently. And I don't I usually don't I usually feel like great after the interviews, you know, but this one I fell off mm. for some reason. And the thing is, it's like it was all in my mind, but I realized that the lessons were just being intensified because it was just something internally there, like a shadow I needed to uncover and explore. And it just happened to happen during mm. this time. And it's just it's very interesting to see that align while Mercury retrograde takes place and knowing that that's the lesson. So it's so true, whether it's something that has to do with technology or also just something into the internal world. I think you're you've literally hit the nose right there. Mm. Hit the nose, hit the nail on the head, whatever I the get saying you. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do your journals happen to have Mercury retrograde or the notes of them? And if not, like I'm, I'm curious to hear more about your journals because I know that they focus on the seasons and astrology and even psychology. Yes. Yeah. So it, they do include Mercury retrograde along with wow. in the beginning of the planner, I kind of break down a lot of um, just kind of simple explanations for different the the impacts of different retrogrades, um, different zodiac seasons and what that can energetically support for you. Um, and along with the meanings of the full moons, or not just full moons, but all of the moon signs. Um, and then there's a whole section that has like all the astrological dates for the year. And um, and I did that. Oh, and there's more. Actually, I could continue listing, but I'll stop. <laughs> but no, please, like, no, you can keep listing because uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm curious. I want to know it all. Okay, <laughs> okay, but um, but basically, the in, the intention behind um, creating it was when I was in college. I initially had the idea for it because I remember going out to see a full moon. And I was watching it and it was like midnight on campus. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. But in the back of my head, I had all these assignments and all these things that I need to do. And I remember thinking like, it'd be kind of cool to like, I need to keep track of and stay aligned with this stuff. Why not have something that could help me stay aligned with, you know, my astrological, you know, fixations and fascinations and all the things. So um, I didn't actually actualize it until 2019. But that was when I first kind of had that idea because I was, yeah, I was just like, why not? Put it all in one place since it has to do kind of with our schedule we're on the schedule of like the seasons anyway so that's mm -hmm. kind of um where it came from and so basically in the planner it's when you you know see the monthly section the weekly section there's always notifications for the full moon new moon retrogrades eclipses seasonal changes and then there's dedicated sections um for every three to four months for each new season and it has a wellness guide. So it explains all the seasonal foods for the season and different wellness practices and modalities um, specifically from different traditional, um, from different communities around the world. And I made a point to do that, to give credit to those um, communities because 
I'm just like a part of what I really want to do when I talk more about this um, in general, a part of what I really want to do is I want to help people move past the new age stereotype or like the woo stereotype. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, you're doing this seasonally. You're drinking your matcha. You're you're drinking your chai. Like, <laughs> oh, it's a trend. And it's just like, no, actually, like right. many communities around the world lived in alignment and did spiritual practices, mm. did holistic health practices. Yeah. And so here are some tips, but also here's where it's from. So you can dive deeper and also remember like, I didn't make this and there's so much more depth to be there. So anyway, um, so there's that. And um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the general description of what the R-Line Planner is. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that you bring up the origins. I think that's one thing I've been learning more about lately. It's like to always go back to the original source. I appreciate that you do that. And Thank I you. honor that indeed. I also love the name, Auraline. Thank you. How'd you come up with that? Oh, so it's a combination of the word aura and a line. Yeah. And I definitely wanted to have the keyword align in there to just communicate um, in general what it might be. But I also just, you know, it's our it's our aura. Um, when I think of aura, I think of our chakras aligning. I think of, you know, just our uh, just us as individuals and how we can better align with the seasons and earth. So, yeah. And also from a business perspective, I'll be completely transparent. Uh, originally, it was called the Aligned Life Planner, but there was oh. a massive corporation that I will not name <laughs> oh <laughs> that my. somehow found me because my first year, literally nobody even knew about it. So I don't even know how they found me, but they were like, hey, we actually have this random obscure line of ours that nobody even knows about, but we trademarked it like two days before you. So, no. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to create a word that was very unique. So if there's anybody who's like a spiritual entrepreneur or business owner listening to that, remember that that's also important. Always check the trademarks. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> at least, I, you know, I like this even better. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> now, I'm also curious on your full moon and new moon rituals as you were talking about that you love that you do connect with the moon. You do full moon meditations and you share this with your audience. So I'd love to hear about your go-to rituals as I know there's many, but your go-to rituals for each or your favorite rituals for each. Totally. So with both the full and new moon, it might change depending on the transits or what sign it's in. I might add some things to it, but the most foundational routine I have for specifically the full moon is I first try to schedule out some quiet time um, at minimum, maybe an hour. Um, and that's really just like my self-care time in general anyway. So I try to do that. And for me, I usually try to do my full moon or new moon ritual within 24 hours before or after its peak. A lot of people want to do it right at its peak, and that's okay. Sometimes I do too, but depending on your schedule, um, I, I personally don't think that it's like, oh my gosh, the magic's completely gone. So I, I that's how I schedule mine. Um, and so next, I try to get still by grounding myself through meditation. So the meditations... Um, it, it really depends. Sometimes it's guided. Sometimes I kind of let my mind go where it needs to. Um, and then once I feel still and present enough, then with the full moon, and actually let me give a little context just for the few people. I'm sure most of your listeners already know this, um, but with the full moon, the full moon is seen as a culmination point in the lunar cycle. And it's half, and it's a halfway point in the lunar cycle. And it's kind of seen almost like a cosmic spotlight that illuminates and offers clarity for us in many aspects of our lives. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people will do full moon rituals like the one I'm about to describe where they focus on releasing what no longer serves them by utilizing the full moon's clarity. So some people will be outside in the full moon's light. I like to do that a lot if I can, but depending on my schedule or if I feel called to do it, then I'll go. But sometimes I don't always feel, I don't always have something at the forefront of my mind that I really want to release. Right. So I also want to mention that because I feel like some people um, initially learn this stuff and they're like, I need to do it every full moon. <laughs> yes. And some people feel way more aligned with that. Uh -huh. But um, I do want to make that distinction. So um, basically what I do after I meditate is I journal and I try to just free write for about two pages. Um, but eventually I write one to three things that I'm most grateful for from the previous two weeks, that first half of the lunar cycle. And then one to three things that I am ready to let go of. This can look like people, places, habits, limiting beliefs, um, and just anything that might come to mind. It's not necessary to force it, but that's what I write. And I write um, not only what I want to release, but why I want to release it and what my life will look like with that gone. And 
what a lot of people do after that, um, and what, what a lot of people do after that is they will destroy that page. That can be through burning it. That can be through ripping it up. Um, I, I know some people have even buried their pages. And when you look at different, what's interesting, when you look at different cultures, they also have many different approaches. So um, one size does not fit all, but I usually will burn mine outside. And it's this energetic representation utilizing the element of fire to energetically release and set that intention of releasing it. Um, And moving forward over the next two weeks, I will really focus on aligning my habits with that intention. Um, Some people don't really do anything after that, but I personally try to align my my habits with that intention to kind of communicate energetically that like, I'm I'm serious about this. Um, And then with a new moon, uh, very more quickly, I start the same way. You know, I get grounded, I schedule out time, I meditate, and I try to journal for one to two pages to allow my mind to flow. And with the new moon for context, that's the beginning of the lunar cycle. So many people see that energetically, very similar to the Earth's winter, actually. It's the the lowest energetic point in the lunar cycle, but because it's the beginning of it, it's a time that is seen um, that's perfect for reflection and intention setting. Not necessarily being out and about like the full moon, but just resting and getting clear on what you want to do for this new phase. And so I essentially write what my intentions are for the next four weeks of that lunar cycle. And I keep that. I actually have a new moon book where I set those intentions. Um, and then also in my planner, that's that's like... <laughs> Sorry, this is the last thing, but like I, I just that's like one of the main aspects of my planner. I forgot to mention there are dedicated full new moon ritual pages to write these things out. And the way I what I like about it, like the reason why I designed it this way, I guess, is that like for the full moon, you can actually tear out that page. It's like designed so that there's nothing, you know, printed on the backside that you might lose. And for the new moon, it's written in a way where it the next page is kind of in, intention setting for the next month. So you can keep it all in one place. Ugh. And yeah, (laughs) you've really thought this through. Did it take time? Like every year, do you add something new and scratch something out just to almost quote unquote perfect it? Yes, definitely. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And you've manifested such a beautiful life for yourself. And it sounds like you are living a creator's dream. So I'm curious what ways you manifest. Thank the practices you. you use for that. And if you have that as well in your journals. Mm. And if not, that's fine. I'm just curious. So some of the ways that I manifest, one of them, actually, one of them, the most powerful that comes to mind is supportive friends. Um, the power of community. Mm. Yes. No one ever mentions it, that. But, oh, my oof, goodness. Right there. Um, yep. There's a reason, like, I, I mentioned this before. I'm not a Christian anymore, but I do know that it is some it is historical text, and there's certain books within it that um, are rooted in a lot. It's it's hard to explain. I just want to explain that before I say this. But even in the Bible, which is like a historical, you know, religious text, even if you don't believe the entire thing, they say when one or more of you come together, that's when that's when um, basically like when you speak my name, that's when you're. I'm I'm butchering it. Nobody get mad at me, please. But the sentiment is when two or more of you come together in my name, that's when things manifest essentially. That's that like when you share, when you share your ideas with trusted people who are on your same wavelength, it just changes the game in a lot of ways. So that's the one thing that I will say. Um before I actually was confident enough to actually make the planner, I created a conference, an annual conference. We don't have to get into it because it'll be like a whole other description. It's called Wellness Con. You can look it up. But before I did that, a year before I did that, I met up with one of my friends. Her name's Danielle. And I was so I was afraid to even speak the words that I had an idea to make a conference because I was like, how the hell are you going to do that? But it was through having a friend who was receptive, who was open, and who was like, Alina, hell yeah, you can do that. It just, it literally changed a lot for me with my, you know, with my perception of things and through that supportive, you know, friendship, it changed so much. So definitely supportive friends. Um, Next, next thing is vision boards. And I know everyone says vision boards, but they say it for a reason because yep, (laughs) they, oh my goodness, they work. The only caveat I would say is that it's important to keep your vision board visible Don't just make it and kind of put it in a corner, make it visible, whether that's a screensaver, desktop. Um, And so definitely a vision board and then seasonal intentions. So Mm. I have my, you know, general New Year's resolutions, but I really am a big proponent of 
breaking down your goals into actionable steps. And I like doing that through the season. So in the winter, I have specific goals that are a building block towards what my year end goal is. And it's way more approachable. And yeah, so those are some things that come to mind. That is, I mean, those are three very, very impactful things. I love that you also brought up two different things that not a lot of people bring up that are beautiful practices. I mean, I would not be where I'm at today and also manifest the things I manifested without having to confide in someone that I trust, that I feel, even though there are some manifestations that I'll be like, this is so sacred, I want to keep personal, there are just those people that for whatever reason, they bring that out in you. And there's some force, just a powerful universal force when people come together to create something Mm. or people envision your vision for you together. Even if someone comes to me and they tell me what they want to manifest and I, I envision it for them and I feel like it helps them along. And I can even think of certain examples in my mind that of people who have manifested something big, but they came to me And I'm sure they went to others as well. And it brought the vision in my mind. And I think that that allows it to play out in this physical reality. Absolutely. I completely agree. When it's in more people's minds. Yeah. And to your point of like, you know, sharing certain things and other things, like even just having friends who are doing the dang thing. It, it inspires me to want to do the dang, you know, like people who are committed so to the growth. true. People, you know, and it, yep. this could be applied to anything, whatever genre, whatever niche, whatever, you know, line of work you're in. Finding those specific people is a game changer, in my opinion. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also want to circle back to something because I realize I am so interested in your perspective on holistic nutrition and We shared this in the beginning, but I want to tap into it more. I know that we skipped some seasons and I wanted to hear more of your take on that. But also, I'm sure that that there are some people that would just like some more advice and tips on how to begin to live more holistically when it comes to their nutrition. Absolutely. Um, You know, one of the first thing that comes to mind is the concept of bioindividuality in that each of our digestive tracts, our immune responses, our even our bacteria is, you know, gut bacteria is unique to us. And so, yes, there will be different types of health fads, diet fads, you know, the keto, the vegan, the all meat diet, you know, there's the paleo, all of these things there is truth within each of them. There is value within each of them. But as unique individuals, it's very important to pay attention to how our body responds to these foods. So if you do decide to go down a path of like a specific diet, it just basically my my point is it's very important to be gentle with yourself. And if you do seek to work with a holistic nutritionist or a practitioner, Find somebody who's actually interested in asking you those in-depth questions of your family history, of your response to different foods, because it actually, it really does play a huge role. Um, let's see. I, I, I don't know what else to, I, let's see. When it, well, the, the last thing I'll add is um, when it comes to habit change. And if you're someone who's like, oh, you know what? I think I know what I want to eat. I know what I want to do, but it's just like, oh, I feel so hard to do it, it's important to do a gentle shift. Going back to the concept of nature as above, so below, as within, so without, we don't see nature just go from winter to spring, right? It's a steady transition. We don't see the moon go immediately from full to new. It's a gentle transition. And so too should it be with our habits and with our lifestyle if we decide to shift. So if you're deciding, hey, I want to eat more raw vegetables, add add a raw vegetable each time into your meal. If you want to, you know, incorporate, you know, more whole foods, you know, uh, maybe spend this week getting rid of the more processed things out of your, you know, out of your pantry is that you don't have the temptation. The next week you take another step. But that gentle transition and that swapping out, finding the alternative. If you're like, oh my gosh, I love chocolate. I could never, or I love cheese. I could never. (laughs) Finding the healthy swaps gently can definitely kind of open our eyes and make us feel a little bit more confident in ourselves. Definitely. I agree fully, 100%. What are your healthier alternatives to, I mean, I eat chocolate all the time. I'm curious about your 
healthier alternatives to chocolate and cheese and whatever else people are often seeking Mm. alternatives for? Well, with chocolate, um, you know, chocolate in and of itself, like the actual plant and the the original chocolate. Cacao's great. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily that unhealthy. It's just, you know, the added sugar and dairy that we add to it that usually adds the calories, the blood sugar spike. So I try to go for dark chocolate, cacao. Um, I if I want like a little extra something, I, I like the um, dark chocolate um what's it called peanut butter cups that that are out there mm. if I really want to fix yeah. I personally yeah. haven't really been like called to chocolate so that hasn't been too much of a thing for me but people I've worked with have definitely loved going in that dark chocolate route um when it comes to cheese I haven't really gotten into um vegan cheese and please vegan community mm-hmm. don't get mad at me literally do you <laughs> do you before you, you do you boom boom yeah. yes I mean you're good I don't think that this is a judgmental <laughs> community with diets don't worry okay for sure <laughs> um but you know a lot of the vegan cheeses as great as great as they are as an alternative a lot of times there are hydrogenated oils in there and that's um you know a processing that can cause adverse effects in our body and yes it's a better alternative if you're sensitive to cheese it still has some adverse effects along with the flavoring so i try not to go for too um processed of alternatives or vegan alternatives um so if i'm looking for something creamy something more umami i'm i love avocado i love mm. utilizing you know even mushroom seasonings and different types of foods to add more umami mm-hmm. um let's see nutritional yeast there's a lot of different things yes nutritional yeast um there, so there's a lot of things there, but I will say from a holistic health perspective, especially when it comes to raising your vibration, changing your mood, even eating the raw vegetables, eating the raw fruits are those live enzymes, those those raw nutrients that haven't been impacted by freezing or cooking or anything can definitely be so good for our gut bacteria. Um, they can be just and they also just vibrationally Anybody listening to this who understands the concept of the chakras, of light therapy, consider that in the different colors of the foods that we eat and how that can physiologically impact us. So that's another perspective to consider when it comes to eating and just raising up our energy and our mood. Yes, I do make sure to have a colorful plate or at least add a variety of different colors into my diet with my vegetables. And I do think that many people, especially if they feel like they struggle with raw vegetables, I love your take on and your analogy when it comes to the seasons. You know, you ease into the seasons, you ease into the full moons. Mm -hmm. So even with your diet, if you want to eat more raw vegetables, ease into it and add one broccoli that's raw into your plate and then you know just keep piling it on until your gut gets used to it because it is quite the transition for many guts to just go straight to more raw vegetables for sure Mm. i want to hear more about your wellness conference (laughs) okay so we might have it this year in the fall potentially depending on the state of the world exciting man it's so crazy we had a 20 2019 i was like 2020 is gonna be crazy but everybody said that it is what it is (laughs) but um so wellness con is an annual out outdoor conference. It's usually two days. Um, And basically, it's focused on centering um, BIPOC or Black, Indigenous, people of color healers. And, um, and, and it's for and it basic. Okay, so it serves two general spaces. It serves anybody who is really into wellness, learning, diving deeper into the topics we might have learned online and going to an actual like conference where you learn more about that, whether it's, you know, holistic health um, advocacy, like in a medical space, um, whether it's, you know, meditation, um, trauma informed care. And then it's also for any sort of holistic health entrepreneur or person who's a practitioner or a healer who's looking to get into the online space. And there are con- there are talks about like, oh, okay, how to get into YouTube, TikTok, all of these places from a spiritual and holistic health perspective. Um, and so, and so, yeah, it's like two days and I, I always love to say it's outdoors cause that's my priority. It's kind of hard, like organizing an I event agree. to do that, but you know, outdoor yoga, man, like, you got uh, to, you, you know? got to, I, you got to, are you kidding me? You're yeah. nature girl. You have to be outside. Totally. So, um, so that's basically the, the conference and we had our first gathering in 2019 in LA and it was beautiful. It was a it was a beautiful gathering. And um, in 2020, we had a virtual solstice summit. And Aww, um, and yeah, and hopefully we can get back together um, in 2022. But I have a feeling you will. Yeah, like the the I like to say like 
So those are the two umbrellas of what it is. But the real heart of it is like its inception really came out of like kind of wanting to bring more inclusivity, diversity into the wellness space because there's been a lot of, you know, observations of it being very like, I don't know, just very much centering, um, I don't know. Yeah, you can say it. You can say it. I agree. I know. I know. I see it too. I know. The Lululemon, you know, like the, you know, the um, conventionally, you know, socially acceptable body type, you know, Mm -hmm. the kind of like the white gaze in a lot of ways and and really kind of like looking at like, where is the source of a lot of these wellness practices? Like, let's talk about like the cultural context to it. Like, let's get into it, you know? And um you know, and let's like look at the body positivity aspect of it, really trying mm-hmm. to like kind of shake things a little bit. Good. And what's funny is that after 2019, there was way more of that conversation. And so uh-huh. I feel like the world has evolved since it first started. So all that to say, yeah, that's the intention behind it. <laughs> I am so thankful for the past few years for awakening to all this. I looked at my roster and I was like, damn, things mm-hmm. need to change. More voices need to be heard. And also we need to get to the origins of everything, yeah. you know, so I'm grateful for you for doing this because people I think that a lot of people are waking up to this yeah and we're so we're so much stronger as a community in the wellness space and the spiritual space when we can yeah yeah definitely hold space for different paths and kind of look at um even like the socioeconomic impacts of things and how that relates Mm -hmm. to wellness as well because ultimately (sighs) it's 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 even more enriching right like ultimately it only helps us so yeah so it's definitely a great direction we're all going um Amazing. I hope it happens this year. I will have to make sure to mark my calendar for that. That sounds so fun. That'd be so dope. (laughs) Do you want to do a rapid fire? Sure. Sure. Awesome. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious. So coffee or tea? Ooh, tea. I enjoy more, but coffee is like a means to an end for like some caffeine. I know. So yeah. (laughs) I love hearing a holistic nutritionist say coffee because I'm a coffee girl all the way. Yeah. (laughs) Sage or Palo Santo? Um, I've been getting more into like rosemary, but if I had to choose, I guess Palo Santo. I literally have been lighting Palo Santo throughout our entire talk and it's been so nice. Oh, oh, (laughs) the best smell it's so great um do you have a fave form of body movement and exercise you love you prefer Mm, um definitely yoga and walking Mm -hmm. those are my two favorites Mm -hmm. if i can Mm -hmm. which i can't right now i I guess i can but it's harder to do is like volleyball i love volleyball but besides that yoga (sighs) and walking for sure do you live near a beach like a beach volleyball area? I used to. I'm like kind of an hour away now. Oh, man. Oh, man. One day. But it, yeah, that is fun. <laughs> I'm horrible at it, though. Um, fave crystal, if any. Oh, I don't know. Um, selenite recently has been like kind of coming into my life, and I really like it. Ah, yeah, we had a few gatherings yeah. recently, and I love the the benefits of it kind of like absorbing any type of negative energy, just making me feel safe. So. Mm. Love the selenite. Love the selenite. And you you shared your big three, Gemini, Gemini. What was your rising again? Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Like what a double Gemini and Aquarius rising is? It's chaos. Okay. It's, it's chaos. chaos. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, you know, so I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know, like the sun is kind of like how you present yourself to the world. Um, the moon is more of your inner world. And then rising is kind of like, um, it kind of represents the first impression that you might have with somebody. So um, for me, uh, with Gemini, sun, moon, and, um, and Mercury, I just it's hard for me to encapsulate the experience, but essentially I love communicating. I love learning. I love just devouring information. I love sharing it. I, I just, this conversation we could literally have for like three hours. We could take a break, come back. I agree. I could talk more. Like, (laughs) so I can tell, (laughs) I can tell you're passionate about it and you articulate things so well. And you just like know exactly what you're going to talk about in every bit. You're confident in your information. And I admire that. Yeah. So that's basically, and then they're all air signs. So I'm definitely very like mutable, very adaptable. Any given like environment that I'm in, even if I'm stressed out, I know how to kind of like, okay, how can I like either blend in so nobody notices me or kind of just adapt to it. So that's, <laughs> that's never been too big of a problem. Amazing. 
Yeah. Amazing. Um, I need a little bit of air in my chart. I don't have any air in my chart. Oh, I thought I heard you say Leo. Oh, wait, no, that's not air, is it? No, oh, it's a, it's a fire. It's a everywhere. fire. I'm a double <laughs> Leo. Yep. Oh, girl, you're on the right path with this podcast. Amazing. I guess so. I, I mean, like it does satisfy the Leo. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. But uh, and then rising Cancer. Oh, do you get into Myers Briggs at all or Enneagram? Oh, oh, I love Enneagram. I'm a three. Are you? Do you know your wing? Uh, no, I don't. Not off the top of my head. A three. So you're like an overachiever. Yes, that's yes. the stereotype. <laughs> yes. Um, where is your happy place? Ooh, man. Oh, at a park. Anywhere in nature, really. So, but it can be a park. But really, if I can go on a hike and just be like, just like lay out and exist, that's my happy place. Beautiful. Yeah. What animal do you connect with most, if any? Mm, I don't know. I can't say. Like, my first thought is an elephant. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. an elephant is what about you? my favorite animal. I, I really connect with the wolf lately. It always change, depend, changes depending on the season. Right now I'm in this she-wolf phase. Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a morning routine? Yeah. Actually, recently I started it. Um, my general theme is movement and meditation to start with. Like Beautiful. I just want to do either one. Like even if it's a bare minimum, like even a five-minute meditation to start. Um, but I try to go, yeah, basically movement and meditation, whatever that looks like each day. And then from there, if I want to build on it, I will. But yeah. If you could gift everyone you know a book, what would it be? Oh my gosh. <gasps> what? One book. Oh, I love I know, that question. <laughs> um, right? I don't know. Damn. I have so many books. Oh, sorry for saying <laughs> I have so many great books. Oh, you know what? Healing with Whole Foods. It's Asian Traditions and Modern nut- Nutrition. That book. You, it's like the best, most useful encyclopedia, like anything that you can think of health wise, there's an answer in there. And like in a slow cooked way, there's no rush. It's a holistic perspective. And it, yeah, so definitely that Damn, book. that sounds good. <laughs> ooh, ooh, you know what? I should have asked earlier, but I think this is a great question for this section of the podcast as you were once Christian and now you have likely reconnected with the word. You might not even connect with the word God at all. Um, You might use the word universe or source. I don't know. But when you do hear the word God now, what does that mean to you? Mm, That's like source energy. Yeah. Um, That's like a sentient, I don't know, just something that's in all of us and that's in everything that I don't fully understand, yeah. but I know it's there. That that's <laughs> that's what I associate it with. Agree. Beautifully said. Um, and then if the un- the universe Thanks. gave you three billboards or free, free, F-R-E-E, free billboards to share one message mm. across the main highways and major cities all around the world, what would the billboards read? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, what would they read? Um, food is medicine <laughs> for of one of them. <laughs> Food is medicine. Um, no, that's perfect. Food. Be gentle with yourself. Ooh, yeah. I yeah. Like be gentle with yourself. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I say. At the end of all my videos. That's I, yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah, because it, it really. Be I really. Yeah. I, it resonates. Be gentle yeah. with yourself because life is about the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Ugh, beautiful. That was, yes. And that is so needed. Now, how would you advise the Euro Magic listeners to create their own magic? Mm, follow that intuition, baby. Follow it. Yeah. How do you connect with your intuition? I, oh, more recently, I've actually like written down when I've had certain inklings. Um, and that has greatly impacted my relationship with my intuition because generally speaking, everyone is born with powerful intuition. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people like mention and talk about how like kids say the most wildly insightful and wise thing. And (laughs) they're like, where did that come from? It's because they don't, they haven't learned to like filter anything yet. They're just speaking directly from their intuitive, you know, themselves and from their mind. And so um, I would say for anybody listening, who's like, how do I tap into that? First of all, you already have it. It's a matter of like when you do experience it, or even if you think you experience it, follow that inkling and see what happens. Because it's almost, I like to describe it almost like um, dreaming. Oftentimes, like the more that you dream, uh, the more that you talk about your dreams or write them down, the more that you have them. And it's because on a subconscious level, your mind is like, she's not listening. They're not listening. Oh, oh, you want to listen? The more I journal, write these things down, the more I notice them. 
And um, one last thing, what's really funny too, is that like my mom, I recently learned through whenever I had intuitive like inklings and I wrote them down, yeah. I noticed a pattern with them. And recently I, my mom told me about an intuitive experience she had. And I was like, yo, that's literally the same type of intuitive experiences I have. Wow. And it took me all these years to find that out because I never like actually sat down to keep track of them. It was always kind of like, oh, that's a funny coincidence or not coincidence, but like, oh, that's a funny alignment. Hmm. Anyway, you know what I mean? So definitely. definitely Oh, that's beautiful. Alina, I love Mm. your energy and your passion and you have so much wisdom and I'm glad that you share this with the world and everything that inspires you. And I, man, Alina, you're amazing. You're honestly welcome back on anytime because this was so fun and insightful. And I feel like we could dive even deeper into a variety of topics. Um, where can everyone connect with you? I love talking to you too. And yeah, that would go down <laughs> so many rabbit holes. So thank you. I know. I feel like this was so short. I was like, the hours already happened. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's, a, oh, let's see, where can, okay. So on YouTube, I'm Alina Alive and Alina is A-L-I-N-A. You, that's probably on, like in the description of this yeah, podcast. It's so, right on the title. Yeah. And then Instagram, hey, Alina Alive. And then if you're interested in the Auraline Planner, it's AuralineShop.com. And all of that is in the show notes. You're right. All of it is. Lena, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been absolutely amazing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was a great conversation. And I love hearing your insights too. Like, it's just really dope. And you you hear this all the time, (laughs) but your podcast is so important. It's so important. And like, it just makes people feel less alone on their journey. And it's, yeah, so it's an honor to be a guest. Thank you. Thank you so much. I don't hear that all the time. So it means a lot to hear it. Thank you. Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the euromagic.life membership site. All right, well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day.